Welcome back to the Sandlot Baseball Podcast, hosted by Matt Toot and Tom Sinertia. This is episode two and a continuation of our season previews. Today, we're going to be going over the American League and National League Central divisions and just giving a quick insight into how we think the Central is going to play out, just like we did last week with the Eastern divisions. And next week, we'll move on to the West, but let's get into the Central. First, let's check in with Tom. Tom, how you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, I'm home, you know, I'm doing school from home. It's been nice, though. It's, it's been nice that we got March Madness on, which has been nothing short of literally madness the entire time. Um, but I think the, the biggest blessing of all is that I think nine days from today we get baseball back. So and not just not just baseball, baseball, we get baseball 162 full year ready to go. And yeah, we're we, we wrapped up the East last time. We're on to the central. Let's just get right into it. Ready to go. Yeah, pumped baseball is back next week. March Madness has definitely been fun. Uh, as of recording this, it's uh, Tuesday, March 23rd. Round of 32 just ends. ended yesterday. I thought yesterday's games were a little disappointing, but um, not as many close games as I would have liked yesterday. But yeah, it's still been a great tournament so far. But we're not here to talk about college basketball as much as I'm sure we could both rattle off a bunch of stuff All day about basketball. Doing. We got the NL Central and the American League Central to go over. Um, last week, we started with the AL. Um, why don't we start with the NL today? Um, and looking at the NL Central, um, I think it's going to be one of the weaker divisions this year. Um, personally, I think there really is only maybe one or two teams at most in the Central that really are going to compete this year and will have a decent enough shot at the playoffs. Um, obviously, one of them is going to make it, but in terms of wild card, I could only see maybe one team coming out as a wildcard team in the central, but um, let's start with, I think the favorite in terms of most people's opinion would be the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, Tom, you want to start us off about the cards? Yeah, it was, it's funny. So the Cardinals made the playoffs last year, obviously didn't make it far. Mm -hmm. um, they've got, they've got a weird core because they don't have that many big names, but they have durable, consistent names. So, you know, Jack Flaherty is one of the more underrated top starters in the league. Yachty Molina has been the best catcher. I think since me and you have been alive, mm -hmm. arguably just year in, year out consistency. And then, you know, they got, well, they recently a couple of years ago, got Paul Goldschmidt probably, top five first baseman in baseball or at least top 10. And then, you know, and then here's where the other names come in. You know, you got Paul DeJonga first base. You got the young stud Harrison Bader out in center field. And I'm probably even missing some other names. They had Dexter Fowler for a while, but really he wasn't anything special ever since he left the Cubs. And then of course, you know, they had, a, they had Carlos Martinez too in the, in the rotation. So, they made the playoffs last year, but even looking into this year, they looked still as one of the top teams. And then they go out and acquire probably, I think in both our opinions, one of, if not top three, third baseman in baseball, known Arnado from the Rockies. He's my top. Yeah. Just in terms of just how he plays in the field and he, he can mash 40 home runs whenever he wants every year. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they added him at the hot corner, I was blown away when the projections came out and they were ranked to go 81 and 81, a 500 record this year. Don't know where those people saw that happening. Yeah. The, the Cardinals are the clear favorite. And I, especially because I guess 
in recent years, them, the Brewers, the Cubs, they were like kind of punching back and forth. Mm -hmm. But just in terms of when you stack all the teams up, those guys just aren't there right now. And to me, it's just like the Cardinals should run away with this. I don't think it should be close at all. Yeah, I'm definitely in the camp of thinking the cards are going to run away with it. I mean, adding a guy like Aaron Otto to a lineup that is a pretty consistent lineup, um, I, it just elevates this team so much. Um, Aaron Otto is a guy that I think, you know, doesn't get enough credit just mm-hmm. because he's been playing on the West Coast and playing in Colorado. And often the Coors effect is brought into play when it comes to guys playing in Colorado. But Aaron Otto is – otherworldly at third base. I mean, him and Matt Chapman, two best defensive third basemen in baseball. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they go back and forth gold glove every year for both of them respectively. And, you know, Goldschmidt's a guy that I think is again, often overlooked um, from his time in Arizona. Um, Not a highly competitive team in Arizona, but Goldschmidt's a, a model of consistency had a bit of a down year when he first came over to St. Louis, but last year he picked it up and was phenomenal. Um, and they're also adding back Jordan Hicks from uh, surgery. Guy has a nasty fastball sinker combo. Throws extremely hard, and th- having that at the back end of the bullpen is going to help out the cards a lot when it comes to late game. They have a decent staff. I think their staff is definitely the best in the Central, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely going to help them in division. And with Carlos Martinez, they uh, I know they had been trying him out at closer and relief, like a long relief guy, but um, he's he's a consistent pitcher, still got it. And Jack Flaherty, like you said, is one of the underrated pitchers in baseball. Great, great starter. Um, Really showed what he had against the Padres. And unfortunately, they just came up short. That Padres team last year in the playoffs was one that was just, yeah, too good, too good. And it took the best team in baseball to beat the Padres. Right. So, you know, and unfortunately, the Cardinals got matched up against them and there wasn't much they could do about it. Right. And it's interesting, like, when you just think about it, in terms of teams that made the playoffs last year, they're definitely, like, the least sexiest team yeah, out of all definitely. those guys. Like, Goldschmidt, he's not going to – he's not going to, like – he's not going to be all over Sports Center every morning and he's not going to light up – he won't necessarily light up the entire box line, but – in terms of excellent defense at first base, which mm-hmm. a lot, which I feel like has begun as first base has become to become more of a just offensive plug spot. Yeah. Like, you know, you get definitely you, undervalued. Yeah. You get guys that are just hit absolute missiles for home runs and, but they can't really play in the field. So they just mm-hmm. plug them at first base. But Paul Goldschmidt's a guy that he's kind of like, I feel like the last Mark Teixeira type guy that like we've had, in like the majority of baseball in a while. Yeah. Cause he's like, he's a, he's a, a glue at first base. He catches everything. And you know, he's, he's always going to be getting hits and getting on base. So, and so he's definitely not a, a blockbuster name, but in that, like, you're not like, Oh my God, like, yo, they have Paul Goldschmidt. It's just, it's kind of more of like a, Oh my God, I for, keep forgetting. They have Paul Goldschmidt. You forget how good he is. Exactly. And then, yeah. I mean, Flaherty's the same way. I feel like Flaherty keeps his name in the buzz because he is on Twitter. He's one of like mm-hmm. the few the few uh, MLE players that are always on Twitter and stuff. But again, like there's few teams that wouldn't want Jack Flaherty at like the top of their rotation. Hundred percent. So like the Cardinals are just always because obviously I never watch them. I'm, I doubt you watch them. 
a lot to begin yeah. with. So like it's always it's because they've always been there. They went from back in in the early in the decade when they had Tony Lusa, they were I mean they were the best of the best. So then I feel like in terms of I feel like they never really had a rock bottom. No, they're they're the model of consistency in the NL exactly. Central. And uh, I mean even when they're not as good as some of the Cardinals teams of the past might have been, they're they're normally in the hunt for a playoff spot, and they normally end up do making the playoffs and. It's just that consistency that gets them there every year. It's the the willingness to play kind of the old school baseball and the baseball that wins games and not the the flashiness that we see a lot around the league. And that's part of the reason the Cardinals are often over overlooked by the league as a whole because they're just not a sexy team that is gonna come out with flair and stuff. They're just a bunch right. of bunch of ball players, honestly. And for, and for a city and for a city like St. Louis, who, you know, lost the Rams and that, you know, they have the blues, but they like, you want as many good teams, like for a small market city, which mm. they are a small market, but they're not a small market. You want to, you want as many good teams as possible. And I feel like the Cardinals have been that safe bet for them every year. Like they're going to be competitive in some way, shape or form. Speaking of fan bases like that, not to just cut you off and move on, but speaking of fan bases like that, the Cubs, man, yeah, the Cubs, I mean, the, the Cubs are going to be interesting this year. I, I, not a lot of big additions for the Cubs. They've lost some guys. Um, lost, yeah. And the, the Cubs are – the Cubs over the past few years have been consistent. Um, made the playoffs last year in the expanded uh, postseason. Mm-hmm. But they're just – I mean – I feel like they're kind of like I feel like most of the central teams are kind of like the Cardinals. Yeah. Not not necessarily a sexy team. To be honest with you, I don't know where the Cubs are going to go with this season in terms of a guy like Chris Bryant. There's been rumors of him being traded the entire offseason. Yeah. So I feel like the Cubs season is hinging on that. I feel like if they play well out of the gates, you could see them hold on to Bryant and attempt to make a playoff push, but I also could see the first couple of months of the season, if they're going South and it doesn't look like there's much potential there for them to make the playoffs. It could be the end of the Chris Bryant era. So I just, I mean, they add Jock Peterson, which is a a great lefty bat, um, Mm -hmm. provides a lot of pop, lacks a little bit of consistency defensively, but Jock's a great hitter. Um, He proved it with the Dodgers, but this team is confusing to me. I think they will be, They'll be up in the upper half, I believe, when it comes to the central. But if they're going to be competing for a playoff spot, it's going to be the second wild card, in my opinion, because I think the other divisions, both the East and the West, have teams that are much stronger and will likely be in that one and two spot. But Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on the Cubs? Yeah, this is so this is definitely the hardest in terms of the playoff. This is definitely the hardest division in both in both leagues, American and national to get a wild card spot because yeah. in the, in the West, the no, either way it goes, it's going to be the Dodgers, but the Padres are going to be a wild card team. So that's yes. one. And there's 100%. only one left. So like you said, and the NL East is ridiculous. East is stacked. Yeah. Same thing over in the American league. So, but back to the Cubs, the Cubs are so weird because it's almost like they're still hung over from the world series. I get it. That World Series was like a century coming. Cubs fans are, 
I know now they're mad because now they're not doing as good after winning that. But most of like the old timer Cubs fans, they're still like they're still you know wearing the shirts. They still got the. They're still they're perfectly fine with that one ring. Mm-hmm. But like when you think about it, when they won. Everyone was kind of like they might be right back in it for the next few years because, and yeah. even look at them now from that World Series team. They still have Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, um, what's his name out in right field? Hey, they still they still have Jason Hayward. You know, still they Javi. Oh, right? They still have Javier Baez, perhaps top three, maybe even the best, depending on how you're looking at it. Shortstops in baseball, in terms of just an athleticism standpoint. Mm-hmm. You have all those guys. I know the you know the Cubs lost a lot of heart that year. They lost uh, was it John Ross? John Ross? What was the coach's David name? Ross. David Ross, the manager now. Yeah, now the manager. Yep. Right. So you know, like you lose him, and but this offseason kind of hurt them. This kind of showed that they're they're this this kind of shows that they're trying to rebuild without fully saying like we're going to rebuild. You know, yeah, you, almost like they don't want to break it to the fans. Right. So, like, you lose you lose the Cy Young. Was it a runner-up or a top three finalist? You, Darvish. You, mm-hmm. you miss out on him. You you lose John Lester. You lose Jose Quintana. So, that's three starters right there. You just lost. And Schwarber's gone now, too. Schwarber's gone. I guess him and Jock. Yeah, I feel like him and Jock equal out. Yeah, so. they, they're, they're both powerful lefty bats who yeah. are okay in the field. So, really, besides Kyle Hendricks, you don't really know what you're going to have in the rotation. Mm. And, it's just it, – it sucks and because – Not to mention Kimbrell's been shaky. Exactly, too. For the too. past Kim- few years, and that's who the demanded, key to the back end. Yeah, Kimbrell who demanded that money when he mm-hmm. left Boston and, Ch- and Chicago was nice enough to give it to him. He's been shaky, hasn't been living up to the money, That that's for sure. So I think the best way to sum up the Cubs heading into this year is just weird and uh, I think uncertain – is the biggest thing just because you don't know I'd they agree. could they could easily easily come right uh be right behind St. Louis all year for mm-hmm. that for the division or they could just like you said go I don't know 15 and 35 in their first 50 games and then just dump everybody yeah I wouldn't be shocked to see if they get off to a slow start Bryant definitely on his way out of Chicago yeah. next I guess we could go to the other team that I, I I could see competing, but it's just going to be a matter of guys working out, and that's the the Brewers um, mm-hmm. made the made the playoffs last year as a wild card team. Uh, got smoked by the Dodgers. wasn't really competitive, but they're um they're hinging on Yelich. I mean, Yelich had a bad year last year, yeah. slow start, um, and never really picked it up to where he'd been the season prior. Um, is a guy that could easily be a perennial MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, just had an off year last year. They brought in Jackie Bradley Jr. as a free agent from the Red Sox. Um, and Lorenzo Cain's going to be back. So, I mean, right there, that's a pretty solid outfield. Um, Yelich is the, weak, the weakest defender. Um, and that's by a long shot, in my opinion, because – Low Kane and Jackie Bradley Jr. are two of the best defensive center center. They're both center fielders, but yeah. they're obviously going to have to um, figure that out. Shuffle out there in the outfield, but they're a team that you know after Brandon Woodruff in terms of starting pitching, there really isn't much there. But two very solid pitchers in their bullpen, arguably three. So it's a bullpen that definitely can compete in the Central. Um, of course, Josh Hader. 
um, nasty left-handed reliever that has been their closer. And then Devin Williams, who um, took over as a rookie last year and really dominated with uh, actually features two changeups, really dominated out of the pen. So their, their bullpen is solid, but it's just a matter of the starting pitching after Brandon Woodruff. Um, they got Brett Anderson, who's up there, you know, a veteran guy, but, for me, it's really going to center around the starting pitching and how Christian Yelich responds after a down year last year. And this should come to zero shock for everyone that's listening. Here we are again, hopping right on the pitching train because mm-hmm. unfortunately that's how it is right now. Yeah. Uh, like you have teams that there's teams that have a stacked rotations and it's, it's like such a top heavy list in terms yeah. of like teams with really good rotations and there's no middle ground. Because then all the other teams have maybe one guy, maybe one and a half guys, and that's it. And and this and that's the Brewers. And I yeah. think the only thing that keeps them alive would be if Yelich puts up another MVP year. Because yeah. when Yelich has to have an MVP year for them to compete, he has to. Because when he's doing that, it's crazy just how like the team, the entire dugout, the city of Milwaukee, like they build around like if he's killing it, it and the fact that. So, yeah, so the outfield's pretty much, obviously, Yelich, Yelich isn't good, but he's not a terrible fielder. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they probably have, I don't know, top six outfields. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Like, that outfield's good now. Lorenzo yeah. Kane's good. Jackie Bradley's obviously, I think he's been one of the consistently best center fielders in a while. Like, he's, he's always up there in terms of not making mistakes. So I just I don't know. Again, they're they're not a team where I'm like, wow, like we gotta watch out for them. No, they're not doing it for me. And it sucks because they made the playoffs last year, but last year was so weird because of the the expanded format. Like mm-hmm. you saw teams squeezing in and you're like you're like they wouldn't have been miles within reach in an yeah, only definitely. I mean they they probably would have at the rate they were going, they would have tailed off big time towards the end of the year. Right. And, uh, so they were just one of the benefactors of the shortened season and expanded uh, postseason, rather. Yeah. So I just, again, they're not a team. Like it sucks. It's them and the, this division for a couple of years was looking like it was going to be a powerhouse for a while. Yeah. Like it looked like the Cubs, the Brewers, the Cardinals, and even the Reds for a little bit mm-hmm. were looking like a team like we were going to have to watch out for. And I think that's a perfect segue into the, the fourth team. The, the, the Reds, for me, it's basically, you know, they don't have Bauer anymore. So, like, how, like what yeah. are they going to do? Losing, losing the Cy Young winner from last year is really going to hurt this team. I mean, they, they still do have a, a pretty solid rotation. Um, yeah. Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo both uh, complemented Bauer very well last year. And, very well. You know, for them, uh, the Braves, just a better team when it came down to it, when they uh, – they faced the Braves in the postseason last year, but them uh, them losing Bauer is definitely going to hurt because that's just going to add more weight on the shoulders of Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. Yeah, not to say that both of them can't uphold what they did last year and even improve on that and have great years, but I just think the Reds are a team that's too far off. And like the uh, Cubs with Bryant, there were talks about Luis Castillo being traded all off season. Yeah, so I mean if the same thing as with Brian. If the Reds get off to a slow start, I could see them dealing Castillo to a contender um, either early in the season or at the deadline, uh, seeing if the uh, the Reds are just too far out of it. 
they have a decent offense. I mean, uh, Mike Moustakis, Yehino mm-hmm. Suarez, uh, Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker. Joey Votto still playing. Yep. Uh, Aristides <laughs> Aquino. I mean, their offense is decent, but I just – the Reds last year, I think it's the same deal as the Brewers. The yeah. expanded postseason and the shortened season allowed the Reds to sneak in. And without that this year, I just think uh, once it comes to the dog days of summer, I think the Reds are just going to be – playing 500 baseball at best. Yeah. And it could start turning into, you know, let's start dealing guys off to contenders and seeing if we can't build up some prospects and Mm -hmm. try to reel in a better team for the the coming years and not focus so much on 2021. Yeah. This is going to be a big, not just for this team, but for, for baseball fans as a whole, this year is going to be a crazy like reality check. Because, like you said it, like you said it perfectly. When those dog days of summer come around, you're gonna start to see teams from last year that, like, at that point, the season just ended, mm-hmm. and boom, like boom, they're right there, they're right in the playoffs, and then you have another almost a hundred games left. It's gonna be that tail dive downwards. Yeah, and then you're just gonna see all those pretender teams start falling off, and you're gonna see the teams that are that are meant to be there still sticking around. And even for guys like Castillo and Sonny Gray, it's a lot easier to kind of just focus on yourself and your and like your game mm-hmm. when you have the Cy Young at the top of the rotation. Like you don't yeah. have to worry about being that guy. There's and less pressure on you. There's less pressure every week when you're playing. And it's even more just like you can like they're not meant to be aces, Sonny Gray and Luis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's almost like they're finding their role better. So now it's, this is actually worse for them. The fact that now Bauer is gone, there's going to be more pressure and you're going to have those fans that are like, but we had, we were a playoff team last year. And if what Sonny, what happened to Sonny Gray and the Yankees, that is any sign is that once he gets, once he gets a little bit of heat from fans, things do not go too well. Mm-hmm. So we will see what happens with them. And let's wrap the, let's wrap this division off with probably the worst team in the history of baseball. The Pittsburgh Pirates are a dumpster fire every year. They have, I think, them in Miami, but I think even more Pittsburgh now, have a phenomenal list of current baseball players that they traded away to teams that are now contending for World Series. Mm-hmm. You have guys like you have guys like Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows in Tampa. You have guys like um, Josh Bell, who's now, I think, in Washington, we said. Yep. Yeah, and you know you have guys like Jay Moltyon, who's now with the Yankees, who obviously he's nowhere near compared to those guys. But in terms of just potential, he definitely mm-hmm. had he definitely had some of the best there. It's things for the Pirates too. Because remember back in the McCutcheon days, they were in the playoffs. They yep. were they were always hanging around, and and Pittsburgh's one of those prime cities where like they they're used to having the Steelers, the Penguins, even even I know it's Philly, but like just Pennsylvania as a whole is used to having really, really good teams. Highly competitive, yeah. Highly competitive, and unfortunately, the Pirates just aren't it. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, minus, like, I'm excited to see the development of Cabrian Hayes, who came up last year at the end of the year, third baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, excited to see where he goes. But other than that, they're just not an exciting team. Really, for them, I think the biggest excitement all year is going to be the drafts, seeing whether they take Kumar Rocker or Jack Leiter from Vanderbilt. Yeah. Um, and looking forward to seeing 
more than likely, I think it's going to be Kumar, but seeing him in the big leagues. But uh, in terms of the 2021 season, I expect <laughs> absolutely nothing from the Pirates. Um, nothing. Pretty much the same thing as last year, just being the team that everyone beats up on in the Central. And Three wins they, for the rest of the, the league. Exactly. Like, it's going to, you're going to see so many teams be on, be on like seven or eight game winning streaks throughout the year. And then mm-hmm. when you look at their schedules, you're going to see they had like a four game four and then a three game the Pirates, back, yeah. back against the Pirates. So, yeah, I mean, there's just not much going on with them. And there really hasn't been since McCutcheon. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate, but especially in a sports city like Pittsburgh. But um, if, they draft, if they draft Kumar Rocker, who knows? May, that might be the spark that brings Pittsburgh back. But that kid lighter is really good, too, though. He is very good. Um, so good. Those two are going to be amazing in the bigs, I think. But yeah, that's a few years from now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All right. The American League Central. Now, I think this is a bit more competitive at the top. Definitely. It does tail off pretty quickly, <laughs> though, just like the National League Central. But yeah. I definitely think it's more competitive at the top. And I think the two top teams uh, that we're looking at for 2021 are going to be the White Sox and the Twins. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Because, yeah. you know, last year, again, you had you had Cleveland, who had Jose Ramirez, one of the MVP finalists. You had, obviously, Francisco Lindor, one of the best mm-hmm. shortstops in baseball. And then Shane Bieber, who ran away with the AL Cy Young. Yeah. Ran away with it. And then, but you know, Lindor leaves. Again, they were a team that kind of just, they did what they had to do for 60 games. Other than, oh, and they also lost Carrasco too. Yep. That, that, could, that cannot go, uh, that cannot get swept under the rug. So and, uh, no more Clevenger either. They, nope, they traded no more away. Clevenger. Exactly. So, you know, Cleveland's a team that, even though they made the playoffs, you know, when you trade a guy like Clevenger in the middle of the year, you're kind of already insinuating and you knew that you were not bringing Lindor back. Otherwise yeah. they would have done it a long time ago. You kind of knew that you were going to start swindling off. So it's definitely Minnesota is still a force. Mm-hmm. They're going to be for a while. And, but the white Sox, dude, I think the, and obviously, you know, we know where our fan bases, where our, our fandoms lie, but the white Sox, I think are my dark horse, to, to run out to run away with the eight with the AL. Yeah, I have the White Sox are my team that I think is gonna end up winning this division. Yeah. I definitely could see Minnesota getting in as a wild card team. Just to touch on the Indians real quick since you went into them already. Yeah, um, my bad. I, mean, I just I just realized I completely like just jumped right into them. Yeah, I no, totally fine. I might as well wrap up my thoughts on them because they were pretty quick anyway. I mean, other than Bieber, uh that rotation isn't really there anymore. Uh, you got Tristan McKenzie who came up last year, rookie who is good, but he's young and he's probably going to be one of the higher guys up in the rotation, which is a lot of responsibility for a young guy. Biebs, obviously a great pitcher, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Biebs possibly get traded. You know, there were some other talks of Joe Ram getting traded this off season too. So like I said, with some of the teams in the national league central, I think the Indians start off slow. I wouldn't be shocked to see, both Biebs and Joe Ram maybe getting their names thrown around on the trade block. Cause I think the Indians are definitely a team that has been just trying to re-reach that point of getting to the world series. Of course they lost to the Cubs and yeah. that was almost destiny that the Cubs are going to come back and win that, but mm-hmm. they've been trying to re-reach that peak and they just haven't, they've made the playoffs, but they just can't get over the hump it seems. And I think they're a team that um, 
unfortunately for the fans of Cleveland, yeah, that's what I was their, say. their owners are definitely on the selling side of it. Um, as much as they may try to like, I mean, they tried to act like they weren't going to get rid of Lindor and it just, yeah, it was, and no one really bought it, but let's get into the White Sox because this is a team I am very excited about. Um, you and me both. The White Sox, of course, made the playoffs last year, lost to the Oakland A's, but this is a team that's scary. I mean, offensively, they have the reigning AL MVP in uh, Jose Abreu. They have Yon Mankata, who they got from the Red Sox in the sale deal, who is a great hitter. He's a great athlete. Uh, great athlete, yeah, switch hitter. Uh, Luis Robert, um, who is a young stud. Uh, Aloy Jimenez, who is a guy that just hits absolute nukes. This is an <laughs> offense that is – And Tim Anderson. And Tim Anderson, a guy that just – one of the more underrated shortstops, I think, right now in baseball, mm-hmm. is a guy that hits for average, gets on base, makes things happen. Also, he can hit for power, of course. You know, he's definitely sparked up some hatred in the uh, AL Central because of his – his home run celebrations, but I'm all mm-hmm. here for that. I love Tim Anderson. Absolutely. Um, I think he's a great guy to watch play. This is a team. They add Liam Hendricks uh, yeah. to a bullpen. That's already pretty solid. They also add Lance Lynn from the Rangers. They really went out and got not necessarily top of the line guys for their rotation, but definitely solid middle of the road arms that will definitely help compete in the central, which is like the NL central, a weaker division, but Solid guys. I'm excited to see Michael Kopech pitch this year, hopefully, who they also got in the sale deal. Um, sat out last year, has had some injuries, but when he's on, he pumps. And I'm so excited to see him, hopefully, in the big leagues pitching. He'll probably be a back-of-the-end rotation guy, but still, I'm pumped to see him. I think the best thing that could have happened to them last year was lose to the A's mm-hmm. because – one, everyone wanted the A's versus Astros series again. I, I, I'm sure – I know you just nodded your head. You, you agree with me too. We all wanted that. That was such an emotional series. But, like, for them too, it lets them get knocked out early. They, they didn't have everybody. Like you said, Kopech opted out. They didn't they, – they, they were there but not there yet. So then everyone forgot about them. And here they are. Like you said, you bring in Lance Lynn, who's a, who's a perfect middle of the rotation guy. Liam Hendricks is one of the best relievers in baseball. You have that young core, which is so good. It's actually crazy That's how they were. That's so exciting about this team. It's so exciting, and they're all, like, they're all athletic. They're not, it's not like they're just a bunch of, like, power hitters that they'll have off days where they'll all go 0 for 4. They're mm-hmm. contact. They're just pure hitters. Yoan Mankata always gets kind of I not rubbed off, but, like, because – He's definitely overlooked on this team. Definitely, because – like when when you when you when you go back in the day to when you uh, Boston got sale, Yoan Moncada was like the best prospect in baseball. Yeah, I I wasn't happy about the Red Sox giving him up originally. Right, we'll take the World Series for giving him up. Ab- absolutely, and then just like the fact that you know Lucas Giolito th- threw a no hitter. Yep, last season they're just they still have Keuchel. They still have Dallas Keuchel, who again is like solid solid middle a middle. solid guy in the rotation. Yeah. And Michael Kopech's my favorite part about this team because, like you said, when that kid's throwing, like when he's on, he's hitting 101 in on the black mm-hmm. it's, every it's, single time. 
And just like you said, so he'll probably start off towards the bottom bottom of the rotation, but he can without a doubt go punch for punch with all those other guys at the top. Once he, once he gets a few starts and just is getting consistent. And so when you look at the other, like when you look at the other teams in the AL, I'll, I'll take it on a personal note. I do not want to be the Yankees playing them in the playoffs. No, this is, a, I, they're a team that could definitely in a, a short series. I mean, the, the like offense you, alone if, just out, out hit you. If you let them go up a quick two games, you're in a deep hole. Very deep hole. Very deep hole. They're uh, they're definitely going to be exciting, and feel like they have one of the better rotations in the. They I'd say they have the best. Um, when now looking at the Twins rotation, yeah. Um, and we might as well just jump right into the Twins. They're, they're the only other team I can see competing. Um, like we said before with the Indians, I think they're they just don't really have a shot this year. But the Twins yeah. are. I I feel like them and the White Sox are kind of one in the same. Mm-hmm. Um definitely centered around their offense with guys like Donaldson, Sano, uh, Max Kepler, Nelly Boomstick, Nelson Cruz coming back. Even a guy like Byron Buxton mm-hmm. who uh, started to really – we started to really see what Byron Buxton is last year, and that's just a, a great leadoff hitter, phenomenal defender. And Buxton's personally one of my favorite guys in baseball. Love mm-hmm. watching him play. And this, they're going to be carried by their offense. Their offense is going to be what gets them there. Um, looking at the rotation, though, I mean, they, they do have a very solid rotation. Um, actually, it's a little bit better than I, I initially thought. Now, I mean, you got Kenta Maeda coming back, who had a really good year last year, has been very good with the Dodgers. And mm-hmm. like I said, had a good year last year with the Twins. Jose Barrios, who's been solid for the twins ever since coming up and has been their ace. They brought in J.A. Happ, um, Michael Pineda. So they, they do have a solid rotation. The bullpen is a little bit lackluster, um, but they're an offensive team. They always have been over the past few years. And Nelson Cruz has been the guy that's carried them. It's just going to be a matter of fact if Nelson Cruz can keep hitting and up until this point, he is still hitting. Mm-hmm. I think – I think for the I think the only thing that separates these teams, like you said, they're very just, you know, they have the same identity. Incredible. They do they do a lot of the same things, right? I think it I think it's like if you if these two played in a series, mm-hmm. I think the White Sox will win because they have the pitching. Yeah. Like like the twins have some arms, but like the White Sox just have better pitching. Yeah, I out. think the bullpen too. Uh, yeah. personally, I think Chicago's bullpen's a little bit better. I like you said, I think the pitching would separate the White Sox. Yeah. But the offenses then, are comparable. Right. And just like when you look at the offense, I'm probably going to sound like such a just scared, scared little person, but Nelson Cruz scares the life out of me. Dude, even when I play him in the show, in the video game, like even when I, when I play against him, like there's obviously, there's much more consistent power hitters in the game today, mm-hmm. but like the way he stands, like the way his, he's a big dude. Like the yeah, way his is. stance is, and just I think in terms of raw power, nobody hits a home run. I haven't seen people hit a home run like him since Prince Fielder on the Brewers. Remember the way Prince used to just smash the baseball yeah, sometimes? Yeah. Like when Nelson Cruz puts the bat on the ball, that ball does not land ever. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, I know I know he's starting year by year now. He's getting older and older. Can he keep doing it? I think he can just because he's that kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't. 
up until this point, he's given us no indication that he can't. So keep riding the horse until it dies. And then just exactly. the, the rest of the team, you know, Josh Donaldson, I feel like, I feel like Josh almost buried himself when he won MVP because yeah. he did so good at such a young age. Um, Toronto was a good team in those years. Mm-hmm. So like at that he point, he also had a ridiculous season to try to live up to for right, every so season he, after that. So yeah, he, that he basically said, this is my ceiling. And everyone's like, all right, bet. Keep doing it. Yeah. And, um, every year you got to repeat it. Unfortunately, that's almost impossible to keep doing mm-hmm. that good every single year. So he keeps getting, he keeps floating around. He was on the Braves that one year. It lo- it's starting to look like he's found the home on the twins, which is good. Yeah. I hope he, I hope they, I hope he stays there for a little while. Cause he, again, when he's, when his bat's hot, he's good. He's a, and, he's a fun guy to watch too. When yeah, he's playing and, well. And, and he can play third base. He can play third base. Fine. Byron Buxton, I think, is my favorite video game baseball player ever because great swing in the show. Great, great swing, swing in, the, in show. the show. He's fast. He can steal bases. And you said it best because the last time we played, I think you beat me nine nothing because I hit the ball to center field every single time. And I'm not talking like middle of center field. I hit the ball all over the outfield, and Byron Buxton was there every single time. You can't beat him. You got to hit it over the fence to beat Buxton, yeah, and you got to exactly. hit it far over the fence to beat Buxton. Exactly, because he would – He'll go he, up and rob it if he asks. If to. that stupid little red circle comes up that says you can rob the home run, I already know. Like, I could, I could hear it in your voice when we're playing against each other. I know you're going to catch it. So, but again, I'm not good at that game. But back to the back to the cop topic here. The Twins are good. Yeah. Uh, I just think – I think it's the White Sox time. The Twins have been there for a few years now. I just think it's the White Sox time to show everyone, like, we're here. We're here to win and we're here to be good for a while. I agree with that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I can definitely see the twins um, fighting for that wild card uh, spot. Mm-hmm. They're definitely um, going to be the second best team. I'll say it right now. They'll be the second best team in the central. Yeah. Uh, White definitely. Sox are going to win it. Facts. My words. Um, next, I want to go. This is honestly my the team I'm kind of most interested about in the central is the Kansas city Royals. I think they're going to be right around 500 when it comes down to it, maybe have a bit of a losing record, but I think they will be right around 500. Um, they did make some sneaky additions this off season, not enough to the point where I think they have a shot to make the playoffs, but I think right. they are definitely interesting. They brought in Andrew Benintendi from the Red Sox who of course started out the year, very badly last year with the Red Sox got injured and then decided to opt out and they brought back Mike Miner and they also brought in Carlos Santana from the Indians which I think is very interesting do I think those three players are going to bring them into the playoffs no but I also think this is going to be a very interesting year for them right Um, they still have guys like Alberto Mondesi Jorge Soler Whit Merrifield and Salvador Perez, who, of course, Salvi is essentially the Kansas City Royal, you know, Mr. Right. Kansas City Royal at this point has been there, won a World Series. They're, they're going to be interesting. I think they do have some sneaky young arms mm-hmm. that I'm interested in. Uh, Brady Singer, Josh Stumont, who is a reliever that throws pretty hard, a pretty good year last year for them. They're, they're interesting. I, I think they could definitely play spoiler. Um, for some teams hopes I don't think they're going to be as much of a pushover as some people might think right I wouldn't be shocked to see Benintendi have a big year this year 
mm-hmm. coming back from injury, the change of scenery, less pressure than there is in Boston, definitely. Uh, Kansas City, not as big of a market. They definitely have a passionate fan base, but it's not it's not the Boston sports market and the Boston media that are going to be hounding him about why he can't hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Benintendi is a guy that he's a good baseball player. I mean, he won a Golden Spikes Award in college. He's the best college baseball player. He shot through the minor leagues with the Red Sox and got called up and was one of the faster guys to make his major league debut post being drafted. And then guys like Whit Merrifield just – Wits, Wits just a ball player. There's mm-hmm. no other way to describe Whit Merrifield. And Jorge Soler, another guy that just hits nukes. nukes. Lo- I love watching Jorge Soler swing. But I think they're a very interesting team. But I don't expect them to win. I expect them to be middle of the road, but an exciting middle of the road team. I, th- I think if – because uh, the next team we're going to talk about is just absolutely terrible. But So I think like when you look at this division, like I think if we had to pick – a team to come out of nowhere and win, it'd be the Royals. It'd be weird, but I, no, you know, I, be, I don't want to say the, that it'd it be the weirdest happen. thing we've probably ever seen. But as we, as, as we all know in the sports world, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. They're like you said, they're an interesting team and they're a fun team. Whit, Mer- Whit Merrifield's probably the closest thing to like a Sandlot baseball player. I think we've ever seen. I mean, he plays every position. He plays every position. Um, you know, like Jorge Soler just hits absolute piss missiles. The ball mm-hmm. goes, over the moon, probably hits Jupiter. Uh, another crazy thing, too, crazy tidbit. I'm sure everyone's going to love this. They, so they also have Irvin Santana, right? They, they brought Irvin Santana in? So, so he's on the team. Yo, he followed me on Twitter like two months ago. <laughs> the weirdest thing I've ever had happen to me, I, it said like Irvin Santana follows like underscore 54 mm-hmm. has followed you on Twitter. I'm like, that's weird. So I click on, I think it's like a burner or something or like a, yeah. like a fake one. I click on it, bro. He's got the verified check. I said, holy crap. I said, he just followed me on Twitter. Don't know why, but, uh, you know, they the had content him. you put out. Absolutely. And I think, I think like Ben Intendi, first of all, I'm through the roof that he's out of that division because talk about a Yankee killer. Benny was the worst, probably my favorite player that I hated playing against ever. Mm. Obviously, besides Big Poppy, but uh, um, like Ben Attendee, dude, when he was before this recent slump, dude, he was in like the MVP discussion. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that is. Don't I let mean, him get hot. Essentially, don't let him get hot. He's a very <laughs> good baseball player when he's going well. And last year, just it didn't seem to work out for him for whatever reason. His swing was definitely not there on the when it came back to the restart. But yeah, I'm excited to see how Benny does in Kansas City. Yeah, and like so, you know, for a guy that, like you said, he's in a smaller market now. They're they're just they're kind of like a young, fun, athletic team. I would not be surprised if he has a scorching hot start. You know, I wouldn't either. A lot of players obviously don't like if they get traded, especially a guy like Ben Attendee who won one World Series in Boston. Yeah. So, like, that's probably one of the best places to win a championship. So it's kind of like that definitely sucked for him, but at the same time. This is your chance. Mm-hmm. Show us why the, we. This won. is his chance to prove that he is as good as he was hyped up to be. Exactly. So again, are they going to finish five hundred or worse? Probably. Yeah. But can they surprise everyone and actually be a pretty competitive team? Absolutely. Like they're they're going to be that team that like even even for us they're going to be a team that like the Yankees and Red Sox play on like a Tuesday, and you just see the Royals spank them. 
Mm-hmm. You're like, where did that come from? And you beep, boop, bop. Everyone's doing good. I can see them finishing better than uh, Cleveland, to be honest. <laughs> me too. You and me both. All right. So we're going to wrap up this week's episode with the going again with the worst team in the division. <laughs> and that is the Detroit Tigers. Um, just ever since they had their peak in right around 2013, that area, um, they, I, they've just fallen off the table. Yeah. I feel bad for Miggy. Um, oh, free Miggy, please. He's, he's been there for ever majority of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and won a triple crown has been one of the better players in Tigers history, but you feel bad for the guy. Um, I didn't realize they brought over Wilson Ramos actually mm-hmm. um, at catcher. Um, nothing too exciting there. I mean, Ramos is decent catcher can hit very slow, but nothing too exciting with this team. They've got some young guys that are. The kid Boyd is good. They can. Yeah. They, they have young guys that can definitely take off. Uh, Daz Cameron, Jimer Candelario had a good year last year. I'm excited to see how Casey Mize does this year with the full yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely probably the top prospect, but it, it, Casey Mize is a guy that pitched very well in college and three appearances last year had a, 4.5 ERA. Mm-hmm. They're not terrible in a weird season, but Mize is a guy that I think Tigers fans are most looking forward to see. Absolutely. Because he is their their guy. It's funny because like people people always laugh when I, when I refer to it. I do, I do the same thing with my New York Giants podcast when I refer to Madden. Like people laugh when I refer to the show. That's my like that's my way of like just knowing guys' names. Cause obviously I'm not I'm not gonna watch a Detroit Tigers game. Yeah. Like, unless they're playing the Yankees. Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch a Detroit Tigers game, obviously. So, like, but, like, you know, in the game, uh, a lot of these pro- – like, the prospects get, like, potential ratings. Well, all the players get potential ratings. But, obviously, you look more at the prospects ones. Casey Mises was almost, like, an A+. plus. Yeah. Like, it was an A, but, like, it was almost even an A+. plus. So, for a fan base that just, you know, like you said, it's been ah, – time's flying. It's going to be almost a decade since they were – they they were scary when they were good. Yeah, like, they, they they were a perennial like playoff team. They had Verlander, they had Miggy, they had Tory Hunter. Like they were scary. Uh, also, free Miggy. I I know he's in, I know he's in Detroit forever, but just like so, because you know what's crazy? He'll still hit the ball. Yeah, he will. Um, so like it sucks that I may not be able to run out a double. But. Oh yeah, no, he has. So for for everyone that's following me on the video game, uh thought process he has a zero speed <laughs> in that video game few people do i think it's him albert Pujols, and somebody else wilson ramos is actually another one that has zero wilson speed. ramos so, so the tigers are fast so the tigers yeah, so the tigers are what we call not a fast team um that, yeah, that's not, i just want to say that's wrong to say because they do have some fast guys but miggy miggy and ramos definitely slow they they did de- so if they were all like chained to each other and had to in like in a race they would definitely weigh them down a little bit because they were slow yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but no, anyway, um, you know, for, I think me and I think me and Toot are very lucky because like if the Yankees and Red Sox are ever bad, they're not like that bad. Like they're bad. The Red Sox were that bad last year. No. Okay. But like, but like it was last year and you, and you, and you're coming off what three world series in the last decade two. Like 2010s. Yeah, yeah, no, two in the last decade, but four since 2000. 
Okay. So, so that's another tidbit too, which obviously that'll get mentioned until the show, the show dies, but it'll never die. Um, Toot has more world series than I do in, since we've been born. It's whatever. Um, but yeah, so, so like the point I was getting at, so, you know, obviously, you know, the Red Sox were God awful last year, but shortened year, you know, you're coming off, you, you literally traded the best player and probably, I don't know. I don't know where Mookie stacks up. The Red Sox have had probably the best player in team, best homegrown player in team history, but right. So, so uh, you know, so they could have, they could have, they could afford a bad year in a sixty-game season, and they're going to be a lot better than that this year, obviously. Yeah. But so, like, my point is, you know, when the Yankees and Red Sox are bad, they're not like this bad. Yeah. Like for Detroit fans, like this has to suck. Again, a city that just, you know, the Pistons haven't been good since the Bad Boy Pistons. The, Red Wings aren't good. The Lions have won zero Super Bowls. And, you know, you, you just traded Stafford. I mean, their new head coach looks like an absolute electric factory. But anyway, I'm getting off topic here. It sucks that, like, you know, for a fan base who had those years where they were really, really good, mm-hmm. and now they're not. And, like, rebuilding in baseball is, in my opinion, the hardest thing a to do. A long process. It's a long process. And it I, sucks. Just, I just looked. Sorry to cut you off. But yep. the last time they were in the playoffs was 2014. So Right. So, you know, that that that's going to be seven years, including this season. Mm-hmm. They're not making, they're not making the playoffs. So it sucks because I feel like for rebuilding teams, whenever you have good players, you almost can't even enjoy them because they wind up, they wind up getting traded because, yeah. you know, you're trying to rebuild. Cause it's like, you're not going to, you're not going to be a successful baseball team with one or two really good guys. You know, it just, it almost has to happen where like five or six guys come out of nowhere and do really, really good. And okay, mm-hmm. now we have a foundation. So, you know, the kid, what's it, what's Boyd? Is it Tyler Boyd? Matthew Boyd. Matthew Boyd. Tyler Boyd's a wide receiver. My bad. So, you know, Matthew Boyd, he's a, like, he's a good arm. Mm-hmm. I think he's a, I think he's a, he's a, he's a, what's the word? Quality. He's a, he, he, like, he's a quality starter in professional yeah. baseball. And again, Casey Mize is going to be, like you said, that's who they're going to have their eyes he's on. You got to watch. Definitely. That's the guy to watch. And it's, listen, it's baseball. It's going to take a while for Detroit to get back on top. And, yeah. and, you know, especially with the way the White Sox have built, you know, have stacked up young talent, it's going to be hard, but anything can happen to baseball. I don't want to waste too much time on the, on the Detroit Tigers, but that's just about it. We'll be back next week with episode three and the American League and National League West Division preview. Um, yeah, it's going to be a doozy. Definitely going to be exciting. Pumped about the National League West. Um, can't yeah. wait to talk about that. And we are only nine days away from baseball now. So we're definitely excited to get regular season baseball back, be able to talk about the regular season and everything going on with you guys. So inject it into my veins. I'm ready to go. Definitely. So this has been episode two. Hope you guys enjoyed. Yep. Um, we'll see. Any last words? We'll see you guys next time. Peace. See you next week.